The Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get 100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WYNNBET. Safe restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code madness for 10% off of orders of $40 or more. Welcome everyone to the diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. I'm your host, Sean stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin off season is officially here. Still morning. The Eagles lost, but Hey, a lot of news to get to, including probably the biggest news so far in the off season. The Eagles have now hired Sean Desai as their new defensive coordinator. He comes over last, uh, see last, uh, on the Seattle Seahawks where he was, um, defensive assistant and associate head coach before that in 2021, he was the bears DC and then the safety coach for the bears. But, you know, it was on the bears for a while before that Boston college, Rob, what's your take here of, uh, Sean Desai, new defensive coordinator. You know, great question. I, I've tried to read everything I could, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton out there on him. I mean, I like, I, I think clearly he's been on teams where uh, there probably was a lack of talent from a defensive perspective. Now he was uh defensive coordinator for the Bears, uh, you know, like you said, and I think that was the year when Robert Quinn had like 18 sacks or whatever the number was. So um, if I'm right there, his defense obviously got some pressure and it seems like he uses kind of different looks up front, um, to generate that pressure. Um, you know, in Seattle, you guys probably watch Seattle a lot more than me being on the East coast, but, um, it, I don't think their defense was anything good. Um, I've seen a couple people reference, well, he was kind of in charge of more of the secondary and, and their secondary kind of outperformed from what I read. Um, but at the same time, deep Pete Carroll's really the architect of that defense. So who knows, maybe there was a difference in philosophy between the two. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, I guess just to have someone new, uh, for me, not Jonathan Cannon. Yeah. Look, I think with the recent hirings by, um, you know, Howie, Lori and, and, and really Nick, I think you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Clearly they thought this guy was the most qualified, um, you know, I, I still believe if if this had happened earlier, the opening, we would have Fangio as our as our defensive coordinator. But um, you know, it is what it is. So let's see. I uh, hopefully he adjusts, especially before half. And you know, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh the Bears defense in twenty twenty one uh was pretty solid. And again, the the Seattle's defense, they, it's t- it was tough to judge them because they were really didn't have a ton of talent on the defensive side, and they kind of got better there those last four games, helping them get into the playoffs. They they had a couple moments where they were good, and then you know middle of the season they were horrible. But how much is that? 
Uh, Desai's coaching as associate head coach and defensive assistant. Uh, we'll never know. But Justin, what what are your what's your take on uh, Desai here? Yeah, I mean, from what I'm looking into, it it seems like he was decent, especially with the Bears 2021. I think I saw they had the third uh, best pass defense uh, that season in 2021, considering which is pretty big considering, you know, their offense hasn't been great either. So it's not like the offense was helping them out much with, you know, uh, taking control of the clock and things like that. Uh, one thing you got to consider, though, and I mean, the same for Fangio is, is uh, you know, whether we got Fangio or, you know, now we have Desai, I mean, they're running with a similar concept to what Gannon runs. And I guess with the what the majority of the defensive coaches now run in the league. So I, I don't think you're going to see a ton of change. I don't know if that necessarily needed to happen other than uh, potential adjustments like Rob was pointing out, maybe with mixing up the line a little bit more, a few more stunts or blitzes um, due to the talent that we have, which is kind of nice, actually. I will say, though, I mean, I know everybody went again and out, but let's let's give it to Cy, you know, two seasons before we start to push him out. I'm, I oh, am concerned. Come on, Justin. Two <laughs> I am, I am yeah. concerned that well, Rob, you know, he's not going to make it uh, two series. <laughs> if Rob, Rob has his finger on the button. This is another young defensive coordinator. I mean, we got to let him grow a little bit and learn. I mean, we can't write him off immediately. Uh, I am scared though, you know, week six, uh, yeah, there's going to be a, a couple blunders maybe on the defensive side or a long drive that we give up and people are going to be calling for his head. So I'm just saying, let's give him a season. Can we give him a season? <laughs> I don't know. Season sounds super generous. What has he done to earn this season? <laughs> Uh, on the other side, Brian Johnson, a former Eagles quarterback coach, he's upgraded to offensive coordinator. This seemed super obvious. I mean, and it, I don't even feel like they interviewed a ton of other guys because it just seemed like Brian Johnson. I mean, he's done so much with Jalen Hurts, improving his game, and has a has a record, you know, a relationship with Jalen Hurts. That's kind of why they brought him in to begin with. And now he's he's moving to OC. It seemed like a slam dunk. Justin, you think we missed out by not sniffing around and and maybe interviewing outside of uh, outside of the coaching pool? I guess I would understand why we might sniff around, but I, I do like Brian Johnson being in the mix here. Um, first and foremost, due to the fact that he brings some continuity from last season. I mean, if you're losing your OC and your defensive coordinator, I mean, it's good to bring a guy up, at least one of them. Um, we're losing Wilson on the defensive side of the ball there. We didn't promote him, so... Um, I, th I think it's good to have Johnson there, especially since, I mean, he's got that long relationship with Hertz. He's been there since he was young. He also has some um, offensive coordinator experience at Temple and Florida as well. So um, put all that together. I think it's actually a good match. And I, I think he was the proper hire for the time. Rob, are you worried that Brian Johnson, no play calling experience and Shane Steichen was the one calling plays. Of course, uh, what was it year before last uh, Sirianni started out his first year calling plays and then kind of bailed and, and gave it to Steichen. It worked out, but are you worried that Brian Johnson hasn't called plays? No, um, you know, he's been on the staff, so obviously he's seen how things you know, have operated. He's worked closely with Hertz as the QB coach. Um, from everything you read, he's a great up and coming coach. Obviously, him and Hertz have such a great relationship. So, I mean, look, anything has some learning curve calling plays, but if it certainly seems like he's ready to step in. And and I know 
you know, I think Steichen had very positive things to say about him too. And in, in one of his press conferences, I'm pretty sure I remember that. Um, so no, I, I think it was a good pick and, I think on offense, really, the continuity is important, right? We don't want a new system. No, uh, our offense working. carried us all year. It was working. Hertz had a career year. He's going to get paid. Um, you know, the defense, not so much, as I was saying. I mean, they had good <laughs> ups and downs. Um, you know, the other thing I just want to note with coaches, it, it's good to promote from within when you think you have the right candidate. But you can't I, – I, I know – some people are upset that Wilson didn't get the job on defense, but clearly the team felt they needed to go with an outside hire. And, you know, I think that was one of the downfalls ultimately with Doug was he didn't want to go to the outside and bring in talent. He wanted to just, you know, promote the internal candidates. And I think, you know, ultimately that might've been part of his downfall in, in Philly. Uh, instead of bringing in the fresh looks, he was sticking with guys that maybe weren't the best. Um, so I get the loyalty, but I also applaud the staff for doing a full search and being willing to hire someone from the outside uh, on both sides. Yeah, he was ready to go down to, uh, to go down with the ship with uh, Press Taylor. Although, uh, to his credit, uh, Press Taylor and the Jags, uh, I mean, the, the Jags offense, seemingly, obviously, it's it's so tough to grade the Jags and their coaching because Urban Meyer was such a disaster. So, I don't know. We'll see how year two with Doug P and Press Taylor as OC. Yeah, so they passed over Wilson on the defensive side. Uh, speaking of the defensive side, though, there was a bit of a dr- uh, some uh, some drama. CJ GJ or boy tweeting out that you know uh, essentially that Gannon wasn't putting them in the right position uh, for the Super Bowl. Now, there's two parts here. One, I think everyone kind of liked that because I, I think certainly there was some agreement. But as a player, I don't know. Th- publicly throwing your coach under the bus, bad look. Justin, you're a little less biased than Rob here. What's your take <laughs> on uh, CJ GJ going after Gannon on Twitter? I mean, I guess you could. I didn't understand it because if you watch the clip with Gannon, I mean, he said that. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that what he said is the fact that he felt like he didn't put them in a position to succeed? Um, so he did kind of own it in there. And then I guess, uh, you know, CJ GJ felt like he had the – to throw something on there. Now, I don't know if he misunderstood or misheard and he threw the, the tweet out there. He obviously has since deleted it. Um, in this day and age, I don't make too much of that stuff. The players are constantly tweeting stuff and then deleting it. Would I, would I have preferred him stay quiet? Yeah, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, obviously, I would have, but he put it out there. He's a young guy. He's talkative. He likes to chirp. Uh, I, have a, I have no issue with it even with us potentially bringing him back um, in free agency. Um, let, these guys do it all the time. Uh, I'll let him, I'll let him have a pass. So there you go, <laughs> Rob. Any- yeah, I'm not going to hold it against him, but I, I don't love it. I, I, you know, look, we lost. Uh, we know we lost. We don't want to be like, you know, the 49ers after their loss, making excuses here and there. And, um, you know, move on. And, and everyone knows Gannon didn't call a great game. It doesn't need to be said. And, you know, I never like to see a, a player publicly going after a coach. Yeah. Although it was a little funny seeing it and then seeing, <laughs> seeing him delete it. And, uh, I will say, I think, yeah. uh, well, obviously we all agreed with it. <laughs> I like yeah. Rob's comment now because I think in the thread, Rob was like, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, it's not a not a great uh great well and and also Gannon 
he like didn't really answer questions after the Super Bowl and really kind of blew by it. So I, I think that was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I will give Gannon credit in his in his he did like Justin said in his press conference. I think later with the Cardinals, he did own it. He did say he learned a lot from it, and and I think he knows he could have done a better job. So. Um, look, it, it is what it is. He was a young coach and clearly, I, you know, I think out Andy Reed out coached him from an offensive perspective. So, uh, you know, he, he did own it. Like Justin said, I, I don't think he deflected blame, uh, in any means. I think it is interesting too. uh, I, just one thing I noticed from the Philly Inquirer is after the Super Bowl, when they thought Gannon was potentially going to say, they, they said about how he didn't answer questions after the game, but neither did Steichen and Schwartz didn't answer questions after their Super Bowl last time either. So it's nothing unordinary. But then after he left, within an hour, they had a comment piece in the Philly Inquirer about how Gannon didn't talk to reporters after the game. <laughs> they just started immediately throwing him under. And I was like, wait a second. I had to go back and look for the old article and make sure I didn't misread. No, they probably got funny. some talking points of like, hey, come on, give him a break, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, fine. And then, <laughs> and then he's leaving. All right, now it's really time to back the bus over him. Uh, what do you make of this uh, A.J. Brown versus Juju uh, beef we're seeing? Juju is like putting out TikToks, uh, somehow making fun of uh, A.J. Brown. I watched the sketch. It's like some really bad comedy sketch on TikTok. And A.J. Brown just was like went off on him. And he's like, keep keep your name out of my mouth. I do like the fact that it's receivers. Like they don't actually they're not even on the field at the same time. And they're really going at it. A.J. Brown is not a dude I would mess with. No, neither would I. I will say, though, this if there's one thing out of all of this that makes me feel old, it's this little uh, feud between them. I think 10 years ago I would be completely into this, maybe even five. <laughs> but now, I don't know, I can't even keep up. And I don't, I, I'm not even going to lie, I don't 100% understand it other than these guys are just beefing back and forth on Twitter. Taking a quick break to talk about win, bet. Bet big, win bigger. You can already bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl in 2023, Super Bowl 58. A uh, bunch of futures out already, uh, which is always fun to get down on over at sportsgivenpockets.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. College basketball is here. March Madness covering all of that over on the Sports Gambling Podcast. If you haven't been getting down on our picks, what are you doing? You're missing out. Conference tournament preview season is here. Plus, you got the NBA Gambling Podcast guys giving you out tons of winners. Over there, NHL Gambling Podcast. So many ways to win. All you got to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subjects to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Oh, man. They are your – it's uh, Underdog. is your home for off-season NFL best ball drafts. They also got you covered with a ton of data. Uh, Daily games, including NBA, NHL, and the PGA. Underdog Fantasy, also a great way to get down on uh, your favorite player props if they're not available in your state. Again, so many ways to win. All you got to do is go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. Rob, you got any you got any hot takes on the beef? <laughs> no, I think it's all nonsense. I wish they would just stop. Honestly, um, I, I think it's you know I, I don't know. It's all nonsense. Uh, what's not nonsense? We got we got to find a backup <laughs> quarterback, most likely. 
Uh, Gardner Minshew, who knows? He's a free agent if he'll sign. I saw this name pop up that I kind of liked as a backup quarterback option, Jacoby Brissett. Reasons why, you know, the connect the Colt connection, obviously, there. And also, Jacoby Brissett is pretty good at uh, QB sneaks, which is a big part of our offense. He's a veteran, uh, easy to work with. He's not going, you don't have to worry about like a quarterback controversy. You can probably sign him at a decent rate. So uh, I, I saw Jacoby Brissett's name floated out there. Kind of interesting. What about you, Rob? Any, any takes on uh, potential backup quarterbacks? No, you know, I think um, I'm willing to roll the dice a little bit on the backup quarterback. And and I, I think we need to either draft someone or get someone that's not crazy expensive. Obviously, we have a lot of guys to sign. We're going to be paying Hertz a lot of money. I just don't think we have the luxury this year to afford a you know, relatively more expensive veteran quarterback. I mean, when we had Nick, and I know everyone's going to say, well, look at the importance of Nick Foles. Uh, you know, we want a Super Bowl with him. But, you know, we also had the luxury that year of having Carson on a rookie deal. Um, so, you know, that gives you the flexibility to maybe spend more on a on a very veteran backup. I, I just, I don't think we have that luxury anymore. So, you know, I'm not saying we need to have a, you know, seventh round rookie in there or anything, but, I don't think we can be affording, you know, a ten, twelve million dollar backup um, like we may have had with, you know, I don't know what Minshew was making, but probably up somewhere up near ten million, eight million. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I mean, and Jacoby Brissett, you're right, probably because he has a history of starting. He's probably not going to be super cheap, at least by backup quarterback standards. Justin, would you draft a quarterback um, to make him hurts his backup, and if so? Would you draft one in the second round, or is that too crazy? What round would you consider drafting a backup quarterback? No, I'm not drafting a guy in the second round, especially since we don't have a ton of late picks. Um, Maybe fourth or later, uh, if we're trading down and getting more picks with that first one, potentially. But I don't know. I It's so... Uh, odd to say because hey we got hurts out of that second <laughs> second round draft pick and at the time we went crazy and I feel like I would almost go crazy again even though it's worked out the way that it, it has um I just don't see why we would we don't necessarily have that luxury as Rob stated um I, I think it's good maybe try and take a flyer on a guy later on um if we potentially have the picks there but uh as of right now no two guys I would be interested in would be potentially going after um Mariota. Mm. I know he's out there at the yeah. moment and I, I think you could easily get him on a cheap deal. Um definitely cheaper than Brissett, I would say. And then I can't think of the other guy I'm thinking of right now. Nobody too flash and maybe it was Andy Dalton or somebody like that. Uh just to have a decent backup maybe give you a chance to win a couple games, maybe two out of four if Hurts ends up getting injured by no means. So I think they could make a playoff run though, like uh Foles did for us back in 2017. Yeah. I think yeah. one thing the team may want to consider is, um, you know, whatever QB that we do, uh, you know, whether draft or sign as a backup, I'd like to see a guy that can kind of play within the style of our offense with Hurts. I mean, look, uh, Obviously, no one's going to be as good as Hertz as a backup, and and Hertz rare breed untamed uh, is is tough to fill his <laughs> shoes. But you know, like this past year, we had you know Minshew, and I feel like the style of offense with Hertz was very different than the style of offense you had to run with Minshew. So we almost had to like change gears and redesign things 
for their strengths. And obviously there's going to be some strengths to each quarterback, but I'd like to see us bring in a guy as a backup that maybe fits the Hertz mold of offense a little bit better than having, you know, like an Andy Dalton, for example, you know, he would be, I think such a different fit to the offense that I'd rather take a flyer on a guy that we could maybe run more of those options with and, and, and fit in a little more of what we do with Hertz. Yeah. And maybe that guy is, is Mariota to Justin's point. Um, he's, he, you could, you could maybe call him like a poor Hertz there. Uh, there is some news in the QB market though. Geno Smith just signed, uh, right before we taped this Derek Carr signed. I mean, Derek Carr signed for a hundred million guaranteed, uh, averaging 37 and a half million dollars a year. Again, I think, uh, you know, Justin and I, when we locked up uh, Hertz at 30 million a year, that was a steal. Now, now that Derek Carr's getting 37 and a half, I just don't think there's any way it, it's got to be 200 uh, for Hertz, or I, I think probably like 150 million guaranteed at least, and then 50 million a year. I mean, uh, Justin, do you see any way that Hertz signs for less than 50 million a year right now? No, I don't think he does, and I think the way you kind of get around that is you. I think he most likely is getting a, a six potentially a seven year deal. Um, that's just a guess. Uh, uh, I haven't really listened to much lately since the Super Bowl, but I, I think that helps how he spread it out a little bit more potentially, and obviously gives you the benefit of hey, if he's getting paid fifty plus or fifty million a year, at least six seven years down the road, it's not hitting the. Uh, the cap nearly as much. So that would just be a guess of mine. Uh, hopefully you'd stay healthy for the remainder of it. But I think you'll see that too. With a, if, you, if you like a guy and you think he's going to be with your team, you might as well go in for the long haul, long haul and hope he can stay healthy at this point because you got to pay up for these quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, I mean, Rob, you were, you were hesitant to pull the trigger on $30 million. I guess you're I guess you're regretting it now, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I think Hertz is probably looking at like a five-year deal. Uh, I think it is probably in the going to be right around fifty million dollars, uh, possibly a shade under fifty million, like forty-eight, forty-nine. Yeah, it's um, going to be crazy. But it's all in the guaranteed. I mean, I, I don't see them. I don't see it going six to seven years. It's possible, but it's also. You know, sometimes these teams get cute with the number of years and the last year or two are essentially just dummy years so they can spread the cap hit, but they're not, you know, they're not ever intended to be real years of a contract. So is something like that possible, I guess, um, you know, and I think that goes two ways. I don't, I guess it's a risk for the Eagles to go six to seven real years, but also for Hertz, you know, if you bet on yourself and you do like a five-year deal or something, you know, Hertz is what is he like 24 or uh yeah. Yeah. 24. He's gonna hit free agency again at age 29 in his prime. The salary cap goes up pretty much every single year. It would give him at least one more opportunity to really cash in. Um, you know, before arguably he starts to hit the backside of his career. So I, I kind of see something around a five-year deal. The real question is what's gonna be the guarantee and what's gonna be the structure. I think Sean probably 150 is probably the floor for a guarantee. Yeah, you're right. I could see it somewhere more in the range of you know 175 uh, to 200. I mean Watson was 250. I don't see it going. <laughs> That's that still high. crazy. Um, yeah, he's getting he's getting paid for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, mean I think the more we talk about, it, I think he's probably getting 200 million guaranteed at least. And and you're right. I 
they put those dummy years on whatever it is. I think he's going to want to be able to negotiate another contract before he turns 30. That will give him a really strong bargaining position. So yeah, it's going to be all in on Hertz rare breed untamed. Couldn't be more excited about it. Of course, Daniel Jones making news, uh, supposedly there's rumors now that he was wanting seeking more than $45 uh, million a year. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I there there's just so much um, I, to to pay Daniel Jones that kind of money to me is still insane. I get he had his best year, but he had his best year with Brian Dable. Like to me, you pay Brian Dable, and then you and then you draft a quarterback um, to maybe take over to to really give uh, Daniel Jones a sweat. I mean, I I don't. I was talking to Kramer on uh sports gambling podcast. And he was saying there's a world where maybe they do that. Um, and not the franchise tag, but like the exclusive tag where basically they sign it, but that uh, other teams can go out and match it. And then, you know, there's some pick compensation there. I wouldn't be shocked if the New York giants draft a quarterback in the first round, I'm going to make that bold prediction, but what about, what about you, Justin? What do you make of our, our good buddy, uh, Danny dimes? I mean, I think we should just <clears throat> make sure. I mean, I hope the Giants pay him. I mean, he's an amazing quarterback. <laughs> he's a stud. Um, give that man what he wants. I think he should, you know, maybe I think the agency he's with now is calling for $45 million. Uh, The last agency, I think, was lowballing him, obviously. I, I don't think this agency is actually asking enough for him. He should fire them and uh, get one that's going to get him 50 plus. I mean, the guy deserves <laughs> to get paid. He showed so much growth in one season, um, you know, year four. Uh, why not year five and get this guy the money that he deserves? Hopefully, Joe. Yeah, the, the crazy thing, um, and I know that I, I, I've seen all kinds of things with the amounts that he's seeking. <clears throat> I mean, some say 45, some say, no, that's not true. It was never that much. So who knows? But I mean, I, I have to believe he's probably getting right around or a little over 40, ultimately. Um, you know, the Giants are in a tough spot because, one, they could have just exercised his option last year and they wouldn't be on a time yeah. crunch this year. Um, but now they're trying to negotiate both Saquon and Dimes at the same time, only have one franchise tag, assuming they want to use it. Um, so, you know, I would assume they want to try to sign one of them and franchise the other one. Uh, unless they're willing to let them walk. So, but I, I mean, I think if they had just, ta- you know, exercised the option last year, and I could be wrong on this number, but I think it was around $23 million or something like that uh, for this next season. So they definitely made a blunder there and not exercising that option because it would have given them a lot more time and a lot less urgency to work out a deal. Do you think uh, Daniel Jones plays on the franchise tag if he's franchised? Now, I think. When push comes to shove, ultimately they do play because you're you kind of screw yourself if you if you truly truly hold out. But definitely, I you know you see quarterbacks where they do that thing where they they try and hold out on the franchise tag, demand a trade. That would be great if we saw Daniel Jones demand a trade. I guess <laughs> I guess I would be upset because maybe the the Giants would actually trade him and they would be in a better spot, but. If you had to, if you had to predict, uh, Justin, where does this end up? What happens? Uh, I think they end up signing him, as, as Rob said. I think the 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 amount is probably around forty ish. 
uh, million is that he gets. And I, I think they pay him. Uh, Giants are a team. They seem to have blunders, but at the same time, they always try to keep things, you know, in order in the end. Um, so I think they do end up signing him, making the wrong choice and, and have him for years to come on a 40 plus million dollar deal. <laughs> Maybe that's just me hoping to. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it does seem like uh, they'll get something worked out, but I don't think he demands a trade. I think if he gets <laughs> tagged, he does play on it because I don't, I find it hard to believe that the market for Jones for a trade and and all these other teams to to pay him all this money is that hot. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. If he hits the market, do you see him getting much more than like a Derek Carr? I, I really don't. Um, but I mean, I guess he's younger. He has maybe more upside, and and you know what what Dable brought out of him. But um, I, I just I don't I don't think it's some kind of would be some crazy market so i think he would play on the tag and he'd essentially have a prove it year yeah we're biased uh obviously because we're not giants fans but i would take car over dimes honestly and maybe you guys would disagree but well car just got average of 37.5 million a year right so he's he's sub 40 million i don't see how dimes could go anywhere else and get a better deal than what the Giants are potentially offering him. The only thing I think that kind of works out in his favor, if he would, is the fact that I think that the league is just desperate for any QB talent right now with Rodgers getting older, Wilson, you know, kind of fading, Brady out of the league. I mean, there's not a whole lot of really good QBs. So Dimes at this point actually looks average, maybe even a little above, but that's just because – there's not a ton of QB talent out there. I mean, Cousins looks amazing compared to him. But Cousins in the <laughs> yeah, league, the- I think you could say, is a top eight quarterback now easily if you want to like go down the list, which is which is kind of crazy to say. Yeah, and the problem for the Giants, you know, they, they really don't have a choice, right? Because, I mean, who are they realistically going to draft this year? Their pick isn't low enough. I mean, what's their pick? Probably like mid-20s. Yeah. Um, their pick's not low enough to really get one of the blue quote blue chip talents. Not that you, you know, can't find someone else, but um, there's not gonna be some obvious pick at 25. You know, they're already kind I don't want to say in a rebuild mold, but they certainly need some more players. So I don't think they want to give up the capital to trade up from 25 to where they would get someone. So, I mean, really, I think their only option is to sign them. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're kind of, they just got to sign him. Uh, and to your point, Justin, I, I get, I would take Derek Carr, but I could see if you're like ma- signing a contract for the long term where you could talk yourself into, into Danny dimes. Cause he's younger. Uh, capping things off here. It is always fun to dive around, look at the, uh, you know, be in the off season, check out the other team's subreddits. I was, uh, I was looking around the commanders, uh, subreddit. They, I feel like, I don't know. They're just not high on the trash talk priority. Cause it's Dallas sucks. And then giants, you know, they're closer to Philly and, and there's some bleed over there. Commanders. I almost kind of forget they're in the division, which is arguably the biggest insult. I came across this, uh, Reddit post for the commanders. <laughs> Someone said, anyone else still waiting on those custom jerseys? We were promised for renewing our season tickets for 2022. <laughs> I, it's just, it's just great that, uh, Oh, the guy says, I'm pretty annoyed. 
was hoping to have my Jersey by now. It is funny that like, that's the biggest news going on in the commander's world is just like, who is going to buy this team? Can we please get rid of our owner? And it, it's just funny. Like they, you know, they got the F minus on the uh, NFL PA player grades, which in their defense, F minus really isn't a grade. Um, but yeah, I, it was just, it was just awesome to see what a, what a disaster they are as a franchise. Yeah. As every other team is like looking at, you know, the next young talent to potentially come in the team. They just, they just keep hoping they draft a great owner. Oh man. Amazing. Uh, one thing I saw, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but, uh, just the Jerry Jones out talking about Dak, uh, that he could be Brady like, uh, and his ability and his ability to, to continue to grow. I mean, come on. <laughs> Jerry, wasn't he just throwing him under the bus after that playoff game? Oh, yeah. Playoffs. And then there's that is just so great. Then there's rumors of like the quarterbacks are interested in. I mean, Brady, Brady made it uh, into a Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl in his second season. So I, I don't think we can start comparing Dak to Brady until he had until he gets to an NFC championship game, right? Yeah, I also love that they uh, tagged Pollard today. They still want to sign Zeke. Just keep <laughs> pumping money into that uh, running back position. Um, and and know, Tony Pollard, who who kind of looked good there, certainly better than Zeke. But then he had that horrific injury to end the season. Like it, you're, I don't know, you're you're spending a lot of money on running back. And then there was, I don't know how this didn't make the rundown uh, initially, but. Um, when, <laughs> when they were getting rid of their uh, offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy was saying his big issue with him was they didn't see eye to eye that he was he was only focused on scoring points. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great one. It was such a great line. <laughs> a, I mean, like yeah. so McCarthy he wanted I, to rest his defense. Yeah, but come on, you're gonna get mad at your offensive coordinator for trying to score all the time. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't run the ball enough. It's like, do you watch the NFL? Have you seen where things are going? Like, it, it's just clearly a guy trying to save his job. Where it's like, old man Jerry wants more running back carries, and he's just like, all right, I better walk the company line and say we got more running back action coming. Oh man, just old school football. Classic, <laughs> classic. All right. Hey, uh, that'll do it for the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter at DieHardEagles52. Uh, and yeah, a bunch of cool stuff in the merch store as well. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we'll be back uh, with some draft stuff, trade rumors heating up. Uh, tons of stuff to get to here in the offseason. For the Die Hard Eagles podcast, I'm Sean, second the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin. Go birds. Go Go birds. birds.